morning. I'm going to stand out here for just a second. Uh, I want you to know, I told your pastor, they had the best Gideon speaker in the world. I think the world, and I'll tell you that. Lined up to come here today. Unfortunately, he got sick, so here I am. So anyway, that's just the way it goes. You know, I went to a church. Uh, actually, my wife and I got married in that church, Tattletown Baptist, 54 years ago, May 26th. And I know most everybody there, and her, her family has been a member of that church forever and ever. And we were walking out from Sunday school, and kind of like there, and I've never seen so many empty places. I mean, the, half the church was empty. And I asked a lady walking close by me, I said, ma'am, what's, what's going on? And this is, this is her words and her inflection. She said, honey, don't you know we got us a Gideon speaker today? Well, see, I'm not as smart as you. So I, I don't know what that means. So I asked her, I said, well, what does that mean? Again, her words. Honey, they're all long-winded and boring. Oh, my gracious. What do you do, Pastor? Do you tell her you're the Gideon speaker? I was a chicken. I, I, just, I just kept my mouth shut. But we have a lot of fun. Hey, I, I got, we're going to give away three books today. Well, one book, anyway. Uh, have y'all ever heard of the poem called The Dash? Anybody ever heard the poem called The Dash? The number one selling poem of all time. It, it, it's a great poem. I'm going to put that right there. It's a great poem. And basically what it says is how to live your life. You know, It says when you're on your dying bed, your deeds to rehash, will you be proud of how you lived and how you did your dash? It's not the money or the cars or the cash, but how many people did you help and how you did your dash. I'm going to give one of these away, uh, but you've got to answer a couple of questions. Now, I want you to raise your hand, adults only, please. Raise your hand when I ask the question. First question, how many people are there in the world? You're not, nothing wrong, just you've been at somebody. How many people are there in the world? How many? Too many? I've got to have a, a number. How many? How many? Okay, how about 750 billion? Now, this is going to be a little tougher. Now, remember who said that, the guy in the black shirt. Now, who, this is going to be a little tougher. How many ants are there in the world? Now, ants are those little, I don't know who counted them. <laughs> but supposedly, this is scientific. How many ants are there in the world? Anybody got an idea? I like the man in the orange shirt. How many ants are there in the world? Give me an answer. How many? <laughs> That's close. How about 500 million trillion? Now, here, here's, here's for the book. Okay, you got this scale, right? You put all the ants on one side, you put all the humans on the other. Which weighs the most? Raise your hand. The human. Okay, that's not right. Uh, who else? Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Who weighs the most? The ants? That's not right either. Uh, who wants to be the third one? I got to have an adult. Who wants to be the third one? Now, folks, they didn't give you the answer. Yes. They're equal. This man gets a book. Oh, I'm going to give a book to all the, the other two because he kind of got it handed to him. So y'all help me remember who gets a book. Now, gentleman in the black shirt, right? Okay, now who got, you got it right. Did you get, did you get a book too? And somebody else on this side. Who was it? Who was it? Oh, okay, I'm sorry. 
congratulations. Hope you enjoy that. Hope you enjoy that. All right, I'll get up here and do what I'm supposed to do. I don't very seldom do what I'm supposed to do, but anyway. I want to tell you, before I get started, I've got two passions in life. First passion, seeing people get saved. How can you not want people to get saved? I don't get it. You know, when your pastor, I'm sure, does a great job every Sunday telling people how to get saved. Do you think people are going to choose heaven or hell? Do you think they're going to make a, the choice of hell? Do you think they're really going to choose hell? Of course not. What do they do? Well, preacher, you're right. I, I need to get saved, but I'll put it off. There's no hurry. No hurry. Folks, I just got involved putting together my 58th class reunion, Yazoo City High, 1964. You might know a famous classmate we had by the name of Haley Barber. Anybody know who Haley Barber is? Haley was my football. I played football and baseball together. Anyway, during the time we, put the, the, we started putting it together, two months, three classmates died. Three classmates died. People are going, and you don't have to be 75 years old to do that. So my first passion is to see people get saved. I don't know exactly how to say this because I don't want to come across as all this junk. But anyway, if you go to my website, which if you want a, uh, a business card, I normally don't bring them, but I happen to bring some today. If you want a business card, I'll give it to you and you can go to my website and see all this stuff. But I've had a, a phenomenal career. I've been in the financial service business for uh, soon be 54 years. And we have worked with some of the wealthiest people in the country, including a former United States president. And we have a lot of clients. Apparently, we do a pretty good job. And we ain't cheap, just to be honest about it. But I have a passion, and this is my second passion. I want to help people get ready for the economic earthquake that's coming. And it's coming. Anybody ever heard of Larry Burkett? Larry Burkett. Anybody? I know you passed. Anybody else? Yes, ma'am. Who was he? he? He was the number one Christian financial advisor in the world. I think maybe Dave Ramsey, who kind of took over when Larry died. I, I think Ramsey worked with, with, uh, with that. I'm not sure. I, th I think he did. Anyway, we worked with, with, uh, with Larry. Now, we didn't get paid. And I used to go to churches all over the country and preach Christian financial planning and how do you, how do, you do things the biblical way. And we, we, had, a, we had a great time, and, and I loved it. I absolutely loved Larry. And, and Larry was a phenomenal person. Larry wrote a book back in 1990. If you read that book today, you would think he wrote it last night. You really would, because he predicted the things that are happening. And he said, I could be off. I might be off in my timing. He predicted it would happen around 2000, and he said I could be off 15, 20 years. Well, it's been 20, what, two, three, and he hadn't, you know, it hadn't come yet, but it's coming. It's coming. And he wrote a book about the coming economic earthquake. There are things you can do to get ready for it. You cannot delay it. It's coming. Let me ask you a question. We're writing all these phenomenal checks to this country that's getting invaded by Russia. How much have we got in our checking account? That's the United States government. How much is in our checking account? Everybody in this room has more money in your checking account 
than the United States government. You do, because they got nothing, absolutely nothing. So how are they paying for the, all this stuff? And, and guess what? Who's going to rebuild Ukraine? You think Russia is? I don't think so. Ukraine's destroyed. They've lost the infrastructure. They've lost the ability to produce goods and services. They got no tax base. We're going to rebuild Ukraine. Where are those shriggings coming from? Write a check. Now, if your pastor or I or any of you wrote a hot check, we'd go to jail, particularly if it's a big one. But the government can do that because what do they do? Turn around, turn the pr printing presses on and make money. What does that lead to? Inflation. You know who Warren Buffett is? One of the wealthiest men in the world, maybe the wealthiest. Warren Buffett says we are already in hyperinflation. That's bad. He says we're already there. Ladies, you've been to the grocery store lately? Am I telling you the truth about inflation? You've seen what happened? You've been to the gas pump lately? You go buy anything, and what do you see? Up, 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 up. So it's coming. It's coming. You need to get ready. Now, again, you can go to my website and check out my credentials. Here's, here's my offer to you because I'm passionate about it. If anybody wants to ask me a question, you want some help, Jim, I got this. Jim, I got that. Jim, what, what I need to do. I will be answer your question at no charge. There will be no charge whatsoever. You just tell my secretary I'm so-and-so with the church he was in the other day, and I got a question I want to ask him, and she'll put you through, and I'll answer any question you got at no charge. Do it, don't do it. That's your, that's your uh, choice. But those are two things I'm really, really passionate about. I was telling your pastor about Jerry Clower. When I was uh, playing football at Yazoo City, we had a practice football field that was a block from Jerry Clower's house. And Jerry sold fertilizer for Mississippi Chemical. So he was kind of able to go and come and go as he pleases. So he used to come out there and watch us play football every day. He was under a shade tree. He and a bunch of businessmen. We were out there dying in the hot sun, no water. That's the way he did it back, way back in the dark ages. And, but we, we always noticed there was a crowd around Jerry, and they were all laughing. And then when Jerry got to be famous, he said, I'm just doing what I always did. I'm just getting paid for it, which is tell his stories. I saw Jerry. I hadn't seen him since he had got famous until one day I was coming back from New York. I was walking down the aisle on the airplane, and there was Jerry Clower. And he kind of had his head buried because he didn't want people, you know, stopping, hey, Jerry, give me your autograph and all this stuff. And people needed to get by and put their stuff in the overhead barriers. I said, Jerry Clower. And he looked at me like, I think I know that guy. And I told him my name. Oh, yeah, you're a Max boy. I said, yeah, I used to watch you carry the ball for the Indians. I said, I remember you selling fertilizer. And, and he had a good laugh. We had a good time. And I had, had to get on out of there. Stewart said, get out of the way. I went on back to the second class. A little while later, this nice man came by and said, Mr. Clower wants to talk to you, and I'm going to trade seats with you. That sounds good to me. So I went up there, and, and we had a delightful conversation. He asked if he knew my mom and my daddy and my grandparents and, and all this stuff. And I told him, I said, you know, Jerry, what I remember most about you is your Gideon. You were Gideon. And you used to come to Calvary Baptist Church, where we went to church, and you'd do the Gideon service every year. And he wore a yellow leisure suit. I've already talked to some of these young folks. Your pastor says he remembers a leisure suit, and he does. How many remember a leisure suit? Remember what a leisure suit? You do? I don't know how, I don't know how to describe it, but it's, it's different than a coat like this. It, but it's a, a, a pants and a 
coat that match, but the coat's not as formal. Maybe it doesn't have these things. I don't know. But Jerry wore a yellow leisure suit. Now, Jerry was not a small guy. <laughs> Jerry was a pretty big guy. And we're sitting there talking, and he asked me, he said, young man, are you a Gideon? I said, no. Why not? I don't know. Uh, he said, do you believe in God? Yeah. Do you believe Jesus died for your sins? Yes. Well, why aren't you a Gideon? I don't know. You believe that the Bible tells what I just told you for people that don't know it? Yes. Don't you think it's important to get Bibles in those people's hands that maybe will never come to church? Yeah, I think that's important. I want you to go back and join the Gideons and you tell them old Jerry sent you. Will you do that? I said, yes. I always do what I say. I do. I do not go back, but I forgot. <laughs> I forgot. A couple of years later, I don't know what made me think about it, but a couple of years later, all of a sudden it hit me. I've never joined the Gideons, and I told Jerry I would. I got in the phone and started calling around, finally found a Gideon meeting and, and went and joined the Gideons and have been one ever since. And, and, and I've had an absolute phenomenal time. We, we, we've just had... I love, there's nothing I'd rather do than be here with you guys today. Absolutely nothing. Now, I'm going to go ride my motorcycle. I saw this gentleman. I found out whose bike was out there. I'm going to go ride my motorcycle a little bit later on this afternoon, and I'm passionate about that too. But there's nothing I'd rather be doing than be here with you this morning. I had more fun. I've gotten to meet the nicest people. You know, God gives us the great commission. Go you therefore, teach other people, baptize them, and so forth and so on. It's not, hey, pastor, you go. It says, go ye. I think that means me. That means you. How can we witness to people? How can we do the Great Commission? Well, I want to real quickly tell you about three ways. First way, you can go give a personal testimony. You can go see somebody and invite them to come to church. You can just go tell them about Jesus. But you don't want to start out that way. I was in the Christian Motorcycle Association, still am. They have, in my opinion, the, I don't know if you've ever seen it, but the best witnessing material in the world, in my opinion. And we had to go through three months of study before we could get our vest, which says CMA on it. And the first thing they teach you is don't go up and say, hey, hallelujah, praise the Lord, God bless you. You might get shot because pretty rough people come to these motorcycle conventions. But you've got to establish a relationship. What's the relationship? Well, it's easy. It's bikes. Your bike, my bike. You got a bike, I got a bike. Now, do you really care about my bike? No, no. So I want to brag on your bike. Oh, man, that's a beautiful bike you got. How long you had it? Well, blah. We built up a relationship. Maybe not that time, but during sometime during the course, maybe I'll see you at conventions two or three different times before I get an opportunity to move in on you. And when I get that opportunity, then you might be more receptive than if I just walked up there. Let me tell you about Jesus. That, that's probably not going to work. So that's one way you can do it. There was a couple in Yazoo City, this happened 70 years ago, I know because I was five years old, named Lucille and Bud Adams. They went to my parents and said, we'd like to take Jim to Sunday school with us. That'd be okay. And I'm sure my daddy said, get rid of the little devil for a couple of hours. Yeah, I like that deal. And then they said, oh, Jim, they feed, you know, you get cookies and milk. I'm in. I'm in. Now, my mother was a Jew. My daddy was an atheist. That's the truth. 
And I'd never heard of church. I'd never heard God, Jesus, no Bible stories. I didn't have a clue what church was, but cookies and milk. I knew that. So, hey, you want to go get cookies? Hey, I'm all for that. And my daddy got rid of me. Over time, my daddy started asking me, what did they teach you at that Sunday school today? And I'd tell him, most of the time, he'd have a sarcastic, that's not true, you know, and all that stuff. And then I'd go back and tell the teacher what my daddy said, and she'd have to be, be very, very careful. My daddy was wrong. But she didn't, she didn't want to just come out and say, your daddy's wrong, Jim. He's telling you something wrong. So she was very diplomatic. But over time, my daddy and mama both got saved in their mid-20s, thanks to Bud and Lucille out of them. And I can't wait to see them in heaven. I can't wait and thank them. That they had the courage to go to a Jewish woman and an atheist man and tell them, not tell them about Jesus, but to get their son-in-law. And eventually they, they came. My mother used to sing in the choir. And all the women in the choir, they, they didn't have a book. They knew the song. They knew the, you know, they knew the song. My mother never heard it. She had to take a book. That didn't bother her. She's still sung in the choir. I, I'm telling you, I'll never forget those people. Never forget them. Lucille and Bud Adams. So one way is to do personal testimony. Another way, missionaries. What about missionaries? We support missionaries. And, and missionaries are valuable. And they do a phenomenal job. But, you know, missionaries get sick. And, and it costs money to send a missionary to wherever you're going to send a missionary to. It, it all costs money. But they do a phenomenal job, and they deserve to be uh, taken care of. I forgot to tell you this, but I'm going to back up and tell you this. Folks, when you get ready to do the Gideon offer today, and I hope you'll be, uh, you'll write your checks. Put your, put your cash away. Put your, put your dollar, get your checkbook out. We need money to tell people about Jesus. We need money to get people saved. That's important because we hadn't been able to meet in as many churches lately because of the COVID. So we, we need you. But I want, I want to also say, do not put one penny of your tithe into the Gideon offering today. The only place that I'm aware of where the Bible talks about where to bring your tithe, it says bring you all the tithes into the storehouse. Trust me, prove me, said the Lord of hosts. Storehouse is a church, folks. It's not the Gideons. It's not Lottie Moon. It's, not, it's a church. So your tithe needs to go to the church. This is your offerings. This is money over and above that, that you do. And I'm sorry I forgot about that, so I'm glad I had the opportunity to tell you about it before I got too far down the line and, and forgot about it. I have to keep myself on, uh, on track because if I don't, <laughs> I'll be here all day. And you don't want to stay all day. So now we've got two ways to do the Great Commission. We can go out and witness to people, or uh, we can do the missionaries. How about a third way? A third way is to buy Bibles. The only way that's guaranteed, by the way, it, who can, what, which of those three, which is the only way that's guaranteed? Anybody? The Bibles, why? Because Jeremiah 10, no, Isaiah uh, uh, 58, 10, and 11. In the new t uh, version I like, which is the uh, New English Bible, it says this. It says, just like the rains pour out of the heaven, and always, I think always means 100%, don't it? And always produce a crop, so shall my word. It'll come down and always produce a crop. Does that mean everybody that picks up a Gideon Bible or any Bible it's going to be saved? Well, of course not. 
Because you've got three, three processes. Somebody's got to plant, somebody's got to water, somebody's got to harvest. Wouldn't it be great if we can come along and do the harvesting? But sometimes we're the planter. Sometimes we're the waterer. And then sometimes we're the harvester. But somebody's going to get saved. For every Bible you buy today, these Bibles are $5 a piece. And it's one like this. I can't believe they hadn't gone up. I mean, everything else has gone up. And, and these are going to go up sooner or later. $5. This goes in hotel rooms. It goes in doctor's office, dentist's office. I can't remember. Any place they'll let us put it, we put it. And somebody, if they're sitting there with nothing to do, might just open that Bible. And the Gideon Bible has the plan of salvation in it. It's got a, a lot of different things of what you could go look for. And people just might pick this up. Somebody's going to get saved. That's God's promise, not mine. My promise don't mean nothing. Somebody is going to get saved if you buy a Bible. 20 of them, 20, uh, excuse me, $100 will buy 20 Bibles. $100 means that 20 people are going to get saved over time. I'm going to tell you this and quit. Somebody asked me one time, they said, what's the biggest gift you ever got from the Gideon? 50 cents. It is. That's the biggest gift I ever got. This young man right here knows better than that. He said, that's not very much money. I was doing a church, and I forget the name of the town. There was this man sitting back toward the back. He had on a wrinkled suit. You know, kind of wrinkled. I didn't know anything about him. And didn't say anything. And I went back to the back, taking up the offering with the pastor. This man came by, and he said something, and I didn't hear him. And I asked the pastor, I said, what did he say? He said, he said he's going to the car. He'll be right back. Okay, fine. About two or three minutes later, he came back, and he gave me 50 cents, and he said, buy Bibles. And I'm like, and the pastor said, that's our homeless man, and said he lives out of his car. And he said, that's probably all the money he's got. All the money he's got. He gave it to me. I told the pastor, I said, sir, you're going to have to take up this. i got to go find that man. He parks over here, he'll find I went running out of there, found him. And I said, did you just give me all the money you had? He said, yeah. I said, why? I want you to buy Bibles. I want to see people get saved. Oh. I said, well, I'll tell you what. How, how are you going to eat today? I don't know. How are you going to buy gas for your car? I don't know. I went to my Gulf phone, and I promise you I never carry much money. I, I don't, I'm not going to pull it out, but just trust me. There's not much money in there. I got all kind of debit cards. I just cashed a check that morning. Because, you know, you might want to buy a hamburger or something rather than charge it on a debit card. And I pulled my billfold out to give him everything in there, and I had $200. Now, folks, I did not check but 120. I did not check that other zero. I would bet my life on it. I didn't do it. I never do it. I just take 20 bucks. Did God maybe have an angel that checked that 200 to see? The homeless man was faithful. Now, it's Jim going to be faithful. I wish I'd have done it for 2000 I would have given him everything I had because I got more. It's not important. This man gave everything he had, which was 50 cents, and God will bless you. God will bless you. It may not be. I see some people back there looking for 50 cents thinking I'm going to give them $200. It's not going to work twice, guys. So put your 50 cents up. I'm sorry, but, you know. God will bless us. God will honor what we're doing. Get people saved. That's what the Great Commission is. I thank you for your attendance. I thank you for letting me come here today, Pastor.
You've got a great group. I love your sign out front. And if I can help any of you, I bought some cards today. You want to call me? Absolutely no charge. You can ask anything you want to ask. Thank you, Pastor.